Welcome to another edition of the Superflight NBA Show, your Barbara Kruger of NBA shows. Because even though it's not the 80s, this show is still feminist as hell, right? Okay. What's up, everybody? It's your host, Joe Borelli, coming at you from my studio in Brooklyn, New York. About to bring you some NBA knowledge. Um, and it is, well, right now it's Friday, September 22nd. Happy first day of fall! Woohoo! Uh, I love summer, but, you know, fall's a damn close second. Um, anyway... Recorded this show last night with one James Hollis, and uh, we're going to break down the Utah Jazz upcoming season for you. But in the meantime, you can get in touch with the show in a number of ways. You can tweet at the show at Superflight Pod. You can tweet at me personally at Joe Borelli. You can email the show at superflightpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow along on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, CLNS Radio Network, which are partnered with the Almighty Baller Network, and iTunes. And if you go to iTunes, tunes, please rate and review because if you rate and review, it helps me climb the charts. And if you like me, other people probably will too. If you don't, don't leave a rating or review and it's fine. Or if you really don't, please do leave me because I really want to see that. Please leave a really negative, nasty review. It'll be fun. Give me something to think about. Anyway, uh, what else? What's new, peeps? You know, I had this really interesting experience on the subway. I mean, most of my stories come from the subway these days. But I was on my way to work the other morning. And, like, you know, school's back in session. The train's packed. It's moving super slow. It takes, like, 10 minutes between each stop just just to sit there and wait for the train traffic to clear out. And I'm late. I'm running. I wasn't. I mean, I'm never actually late for work. I always show up an hour and a half early. But <clears throat> I was running later than normal, and I'm stressed and I'm frustrated. I'm on a really packed train, and I'm standing, and I have a really long train ride. It's about an hour, um, and it's pretty miserable sometimes when it's hot and sweaty and smelly, like the train usually is. But even in that life once in a while gives you these really beautiful beautiful moments that if you slow down and you pay attention sorry about that breeze my window's open it's a beautiful fall evening see fall uh beautiful fall evening and there's this lovely breeze coming in so sorry if you hear a shh every once in a while it's you know it's wonderful um every once in a while life gives you these really wonderful moments that if you're slowed down enough and you're just honing in, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm about to cry. If you're just honing in and pay attention, and I don't do this often enough, I often just completely don't pay attention to my surroundings. My wife would tell you this. I don't pay attention to anything. But once in a while, I'm honed in on something so beautiful. I finally got a seat on the train and I'm sitting there and I put on some Run the Jewels. So I'm pumping Run the Jewels too on my headphones. And I'm like, just, yeah, it's a really good album. I love this album. I'm just jamming out. I'm like, I can still hear through my headphones a little bit. The train stops. I believe it was at like West 14th Street. And the doors open. And there's this guy there who's been there a lot lately. He plays the trumpet. And quite beautifully, I might say. I'm a trumpet player myself, but barely. And I'm awful. So whenever I see a really good trumpet player, I just marvel. Marvel. Well, I've heard this guy play before. He's an excellent trumpet player. He's obviously just doing it for something to do. Um, you know, and a couple bucks here and there isn't going to hurt. We stop. The train door's open. I got my headphones pumping. And the guy is playing in the same key in a minor minor key. I don't know what key it is because I don't, you know, I don't have perfect pitch. But there, he's playing 
not only in the same key, in the same minor key as the music I have on my headphones, he's also playing at the same tempo. And between every pause, it's like he's playing a fill. You wouldn't believe this like lined up so perfectly. And I was just awestruck. I'm like, wow, this is one of those crazy moments that you don't really like ever notice. But I'm listening to Run the Jewels and there's a live trumpet player playing fills for this song. It was it was amazing. I know probably no one else probably thinks this is amazing but me. But man, that really made they turned out. It turned my whole morning around. I, I got to West 14th and I was grumpy and miserable and hot and sweaty. I heard that for like a half a minute and it just changed my entire outlook for the day. I kind of just skipped to work after that. It's like, this is beautiful. You just have to pay attention to these moments. and I don't do it often enough. I really, really don't. And I wish I, wish I could. I'm always living in either the future or the past. I don't take the time to appreciate the right now. And I'm just encouraging you guys and gals to uh, pay attention, man. Life, even when it's really shitty, can give you some really beautiful moments. Not that my life is shitty. I'm not saying that. People have far, far worse than me. People are struggling in, in all over the world right now. And, you know, I, I say this every episode, man. We, uh, we have a moron for president, and uh, we're on the precipice of war, and there's earthquakes and hurricanes and ethnic cleansing and malnutrition and the things we are eating are killing us and I don't get to exercise enough. And despite all this, because, you know, I don't have a bad, like none of this stuff is really happening to me directly. I do feel for everybody that's happening to, but despite all the bad news, despite all the shitty things that are happening in the world, if you just take a moment and we're, we are so lucky to be living in a country as, as, as nuts as it is right now, we're so lucky to be living in a country that we can stop and smell the roses and have moments like this, man. Appreciate it. Cause we don't know how long it's going to last. <laughs> anyway, um, be positive people, be positive take time to smell the roses and, and hear that, uh, jazz overlay on your hip hop soundtrack. Anyway, that's my spiel for today. I just had to get this out. I had to let you guys know it was an amazing moment. I, you know what? If you have amazing moments like this, feel free to hit me up with them. I already told you how I'm waiting. Just hit me up people. Um, in any event, James Hollis is coming on and we did this podcast last night. I've had a really long week and I keep making this excuse and I'm sorry. I've, uh, I also have a job that requires all of my brain energy for at least 10 hours a day. So by the time I get home and get to put some thoughts on paper for an NBA podcast, it suffers. And I'm sorry if I've been giving you guys some half-ass coverage lately, but I'm trying. I gotta, you know, I'm gonna get through a bunch of these preseason <clears throat> previews, and then I'm gonna slow back down to one one pot a week so I can at least hone in a little bit and give you a little bit better, uh, better speak, better coverage, better, and stop using words incorrectly because I've been doing a lot of that too. Anyway, James is coming up. He's always a great guest, and uh, we'll be right back. Phoenix fans, say it with me. We are PHX. We are PHX. I want you to check out a brand new Phoenix Suns podcast called The Solar Panel, a Phoenix Suns podcast. Tim Tompkins, Greg Esposito, Dave King for a weekly Phoenix Suns podcast. You can find The Solar Panel, Phoenix Suns podcast on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Google Play, and sunspodcast.com. We are PHX. We are PHX. Yo, James Hollis, my friend, how are you? 
What up? Nothing. I'm, I am so tired. <laughs> do you want to? We can do it tomorrow if you no, need to. No, 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 no. Let's do this thing. Let let us do this. Um, All right. Because I have no time to do it tomorrow either. So. Okay. How's man, it going, my friend? Unless you want to do. T- I'll do. I'll wait Saturday. Whatever you want. Man. I got another one booked for Saturday and Monday. I know I'm, I, I, dude, are you are you too weak to do two in a day? <laughs> well, the thing is, I work Saturday, so like, I don't get home until it would be the exact same thing. Like, I'd have to do Saturday night back to back. Okay, whatever you want, bro. Yeah, this is cool, man. We're good. We're good. I'm huh? like, I'm like, I got a beer and a half in me. I'm, I'm good. I'm just letting you know that I might not be completely on my game. I mean, like, you're you're never really on your game, so it's fine. Point. That's a good point. I'm with you, uh, James. <laughs> James Hollis, welcome to the Super Flight again. I love having you on, by the way. You're always a... Don't... What? Stop, bu- stop buttering me up, bro. Dude, you don't need to butter me up. Somebody's got to butter you up. Everybody else gives you shit, so... That's true. <laughs> I appreciate... I, 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 you know what? I, th- I think I'm almost like... I like the fact that everybody treats me bad, so when you're like, oh, hey, man, thanks for ha- I love having you on. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> As you should so. be. Never trust my motives. <laughs> Anyway, man, listen, you want to talk about some, uh, I was, you know, I had you on recently to talk about the, uh, your, your favorite team, the Celtics, but seeing as your team stole the best player on the jazz, you want to talk about the jazz? (laughs) Let's do it, man. Um, (laughs) I'm not quite sure how to feel about the Yeah, go ahead. Let's, let's see. So, um, let's kick it off with, so let's run down through the additions and the subtractions real quick, just to give us a place to start. So we're going to do a preseason preview for the for the jazz and uh and see where they sit this year so they lost they lost gordon hayward obviously they lost george hill and i think the both of those guys are are huge losses for that team and they lost very much so yeah they lost boris diaw who's like a quiet big loss as well he's been playing out of his mind in in uh euroleague i think as well too have you watched any uh, a little bit, man. I think that just goes to show you the huge difference between EuroLeague and the NBA. You know what I mean? It's like it's like it's it's. I get you can glean certain things, right? You can watch guys play and see things, but you really can't judgments on players because, like you just said, Boris Diaw was a bit player in the NBA, and he gets to EuroLeague and turns into freaking, you know, prime Scottie Pippen. So, <laughs> well, don't forget though, Boris Diaw a couple of years ago on the Spurs, man, he was instrumental in that team winning that championship, and I think he was. But you, you just said the right thing a couple of years ago. He's yeah. old as dirt, right? And you know, he's good. I mean, I, I mean, he was really good on the Jazz last year. But uh, it, it's almost like you remember when Della Vadova in the Olympics mm-hmm. last summer, yeah, was like he was like one of the leading scorers in the Olympics. Yep. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's <laughs> the, the international game is so different that you you can definitely watch and glean certain things, but like you know, I, I said this, you know, people were people are raving about Donch, uh, was it Donchick, and yeah. you know, as as they should, he's he's an amazing player to be eighteen, mm-hmm. but like a couple of years, I mean, two thousand twelve, your boy Barnyani averaged like twenty four a game at Eurobasket, you know, he's, and he's he, not my boy. Stop it. <laughs> oh, he's your boy now. I just labeled him that. So, Thanks. so no, I, and so I, I guess we're off track. But yes, Boris Diaz looked great in Eurobasket. Good for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, whatever. But anyway, so he might be a, a, a minor loss. Well, the thing about Boris Diaz is he brings those intangibles of the team. He brings the veteran presence, and he brings that savvy. And he's one hundred percent. And he's yep. a damn good passer. So he really knows how to get not just get guys motivated or get guys working together on the court he also knows how to get in their heads off the court and let them know how they should be playing you know what i mean so that 
I think my main a- thing with him, my main thing with him is that like we know the post up is no longer like a huge staple in the NBA. Right. But if you if you got a guy who can you know you can give a guy in the post, he can score from time to time. That's a good thing. Boris Diaw's that guy. He can he can take a mismatch and he'll punish a mismatch. You know, for a five second, a five minute stretch, he'll turn that lead from six point to ten with a couple buckets in the post. So he's very valuable. You're right. He yeah, is. yeah. I, I think that's a bigger I think that's a bigger loss than people actually are, are thinking it might be. Um, and we you know we mentioned George Hill. So they're they're. All right, so the rest of the people they lost were Trey Lyles, but they lost him last year. Shelvin Mack and Jeff Withey, who are like... Shelvin Mack is a sneaky, sneaky big loss because he actually, in spots, was really good for them. That's the thing about Shelvin Mack. Like, you want to love the guy. You watch him play for like 10 minutes a game. He's like really fun. He's amazing. You're like, wow, why isn't this guy better than he is? And then and then you watch him for another 10 minutes. You're like, oh, yeah, because yeah. he's Shelvin Mack. <laughs> he'll come in one minute and give you like eight straight and look like, you know, like, oh, wow, this guy's a world beater. And then yeah. he'll come in another time and he'll turn the ball over four times and just look like crap. My thing with I said this uh, on Twitter and all the jazz fans chimed right in and said, you're, you're spot on. I like him because he thinks he's better than he actually is. Mm hmm. And that's like it's fun to watch, but then he's not really that good, and he'll 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 like tank, he'll screw you up sometimes too. Yeah, I mean you gotta you gotta love the as Bill Simmons calls it irrational confidence guys. Um, you need one of those guys on your team at all times, you know. And he's kind of that guy. So losing him, I don't I don't necessarily think it's not a huge loss. No, it's not a huge like, loss. Yeah, but, no, but, but he, it, he 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 was a big part of what they did last year, right? You know, and he's gone now, so that's fine. He can be a caretaker when the the starters are on the bench. He can give you those couple minutes, those couple minute spurts where he'll score a few points and keep you in the game. So that might be, it's probably not a huge loss, uh, but you know they lost him. It means something. I, yeah. It means something, and I think the two biggest ones obviously are George Hill and Gordon Hayward. George Hill, although they, I think for me they've replaced George Hill pretty well with Ricky Rubio. I don't know how you feel about uh, Rubio. No, not I on disagree. the offensive end, right? But, but I love Ricky Rubio. That he is such a great defensive player, and he's such an amazing passer. I really think he's underrated. I mean, I mean, I can see why because he can't shoot the broadside of a barn. But I still think he brings a lot of intangibles to his team. What do you think? Um, I think that he gets so much praise, and he's sure. All right, he's he's a very good passer. He is a pretty good team defender. Uh, and like you said, he couldn't hit the water uh, if he threw a brick in and he was in a boat in the middle of the ocean. Um, and to me, that matters, dude. It That's my matter. thing with him. Like, it matters a lot more than people seem to. So you, you, he, you put him on a team that needs scoring and shooting and he can't really score or shoot. And right. that matters me with Rubio. I, I, I think it's a huge downgrade from George Hill to Rick Rubio. Yeah, because obviously George Hill brings you a little bit of everything. He's a really good team defender. He's a really smart defender. He's more athletic than I think most people want to give him credit for. And yep. he's, a, he's a really gifted and, and like uh, savvy offensive player as well. He yep. knows he knows how to get guys in their spots, man. He's, he's sneaky with the ball. I think George Hill is going to be a huge loss for them. Even though I do love Ricky Rubio, and they're bringing in uh, Donovan Mitchell, who we'll talk in a bit, who I think has – some super potential. Um, uh, stop, stop. Wait, save that for, yeah, we'll yeah, both, we'll, get we'll, there. we'll, we'll get have, there. we'll have the, we'll have the drool over Donovan Mitchell, uh, <laughs> like half hour later. All right, cool. Um, but yeah, I do think that George Hill is going to be missed. 
No, so the thing is, too, this team was not an offensive juggernaut last year. They were they're a grinded out. They're, I think they played like the maybe fourth slowest pace in the league, if not the slowest. I forget what the actual numbers are. I could probably look it up quick, but I'm not going to. So I mean, they, I'm just I'm looking at what they lost, and it's from you know I think Gordon was at 23, George Hill was probably 16. They probably lost almost 45 or 50 points a game between Shelvin Mack, Boris Diaw, George Hill, and Gordon Hayward. That's that's a big chunk of their. Yeah, they lost a lot of they lost a lot of their offense when they didn't have a whole lot to begin with. So yeah, exactly. I think, I think it means it means a lot. It means a lot. And if you're relying on, you know, Ricky Ruby to get your points, you're in deep trouble. So, <laughs> and then obviously they they brought it. You know, they lost Gordon Hayward. Um, which, just to speak about this for a second, like, as I'm not a I'm not a Jazz fan. I mean, I'm 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 an NBA fan, and I like watching the Jazz when I can stay awake long enough to watch them. Um, if I were in a small market like the Utah Jazz and I, we home grew one of our players for how many years was he with them? Seven, six or seven. Yeah. Six seven. Or seven years. And you get to watch him like get a little bit incrementally, incrementally better every year. And you, you put a lot of stock into this guy and he's like the hometown hero and you, you know, and he comes up for a contract extension or he can leave and, and he leaves. It just it's got to be heartbreaking. And I think about this all the time because I think what happens in Philadelphia in a couple of years when Joel Embiid and and Ben Simmons are up for contracts and people are just like poaching them and taking them. I just feel bad for their fans like the NBA has set it up where and I know the small market teams have have negotiated the cba to avoid things like this but it actually just bit them in the ass things you know and this stuff will never stop happening okay so here's my th- here's my problem with that though go ahead you're, you're putting it you're putting it on like the cba why did that why did they not give him the max contract they they shorted him a year yeah right and right. they and they, and they made not only that they made him dance for it they made him go all right you go find it you go find a contract and we'll match it instead of just paying the man yeah that's the kind of thing that teams can do that can alienate it seems little but like just like kevin love in minnesota it's one of those things that they don't forget players don't forget that stuff right no no i'm not saying they're like an innocent party in this at all Mm -hmm. like yeah it it definitely sucks and then the way he handled it the stupid player tribune and you know it got it got somehow it leaked and then he denied it he's like no yeah and then two hours later it was out and like oh what is going on (laughs) yeah it was that that definitely sucked yeah yeah I'm just I'm thinking about like who cares about the like the team the people that own the team they're they're not hurting for money they don't give a shit really um, they're gonna own that team regardless of whether they make money in the season or not it's the fans that you think about and you think you know if that was my team I would be I would be heartbroken I would just be struck you know that's a huge blow a guy like that who's basically your entire offense or damn close to it if you take him off that team. They're missing a lot. So let me ask you a question: Who was the Jazz's best? Who's the Jazz's best player last year? Well, you know, you know, I'm going to say Gordon. Uh, not Gordon Hayward. Uh, Rudy Gobert. Yeah, Rudy Gobert. You know, I'm going to say Rudy Gobert because <sighs> I just don't get it, dude. I know, I know. Well, give me your argument. Give me your argument. You just said it. No, I know who you're going to say. I just like what? just Gordon. Hay- no, you, but you just said it. Gordon. Hay- no, Gordon Hayward. He was basically initiate their whole offense. He was the one guy that you can count on every night to to kind of you know get his own shot, get other guys involved, and and score buckets. Like, and he he wasn't a bad defender, and I get it. Rudy Gay is one of the best defenders in the league. 
you know, he averaged what 14 a game, which isn't, you know, isn't terrible, you know, and you know, very specific types of shots, right? Because that's what he does, right? right? Exactly. He can catch lobs, he gets putbacks. That's that's awesome. It is awesome, and it's very useful. I get it, but like, I just don't understand when. I guess I I guess it comes down. No, no, no. I I totally understand your point. I I guess it comes down to what type of um, player you value more. So for me, Gordon Hayward, I feel like. Gordon Hayward, if I feel like is more of a, I think he's a bit of an easier player to find than someone like Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert, okay, is- and that's 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 a that's a fair assessment. But I mean, which team? If Rudy Gobert is your best player, how far are you going? That's true. That's true. That's a good point. I get the value of it because this is all like Tyson Chandler in his prime. I get it. He catches lobs. He doesn't take anything off the table offensively because he just does what he does. Mm-hmm. But like, like what's his? Let's say you try to maximize Rudy Gay. What's he, what's his? Let's say at his very best, what's he did? What's he giving you? Eighteen and thirteen, maybe seventeen, sixteen. Rudy He's Gay never going to be. A, Which one? I'm are sorry, we Rudy Gobert. Oh, okay. Rudy I, Gobert. I thought we were actually switching about, for a second. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't care about Rudy Gay at all. Yeah, Rudy no, Gay is no one does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. At his prime, I mean, like, listen, if he if he could. I don't know, man. Like the th- the thing about it is, I was gonna say if you could equate him to something similar to Shaq, but the game has changed so much that you you're not gonna have that player in the, today's and, NBA. Don't you ever equate him to Shaq? No, no, no. Shaq I'm, not, I'm not saying that. And, right, okay. but I'm saying if he could be that sort of dominant offensive force in the post, but that the game doesn't the game doesn't work that way anymore. So you're right, right there. You're taking away points, right? Right. If he could stretch the floor maybe to 15 feet, that would be incredibly valuable. But yeah, he's not gonna be a guy who stretches the floor to the three-point line. He's not going to be able to drive to the rim. In a lot of ways, you're right. Gordon Hayward is a lot more valuable as an offensive player because he can cut. He can shoot off the catch. He can... Score on or off ball. Score or on it. Yeah, exactly. And Gobert, you rely on for dump downs and dunking the ball and putbacks. But his his defensive versatility, he just stops everything that comes in the lane. And I just... That's really valuable if you're a team like the Jazz. So I don't know if it's is it it's just is so it a cart me, before dude. the horse kind of thing? Like is because it? Is the I team... look at this. I look at the Spurs. Right, uh-huh. the Spurs were a great defensive team last year with Pau Gasol and uh, the guy from the Dave David Lee playing key minutes. Right. You know what I mean? I, I feel like you can. But where where they shine? They shine because they had a guy like Kawhi. Which look, I know Gordon Hayward is not Kawhi Leonard's stratosphere. I understand that. But the point is, they have a, a wing who can create and score, mm-hmm. like the Celtics, right? Last year, I mean, Al Horford's a, a fine player, but he's not a great defender. He's not like Rudy Gobert, and they still were they were a fine defensive team, and you know they they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. I get this, like the specific the specific what's specificity. The word I got you. Oh man, Hold on. <laughs> I got to get it. The specificity, yeah, that what you said. It. You're close. Yeah. The hey. The uniqueness of Rudy Ga- Rudy <laughs> like Gobert's it. game. I like it. I like it. Like I get it. It's very valuable in a very s- certain structure, and you put the right team around him, you're going to make a defensive juggernaut. Right. How much is that great? But then, like, what are you really doing? Like, I, I that's yeah. what, you know what I'm saying. Exactly. Like, that's that's what I was about to say. Like, it's a cart before the. It's like which came first, the chicken or the egg? Are the Jazz a really defensive, grinded out team because of Rudy Gay? Or, or Rudy Rudy Gobert. See now I'm doing it. Or ah, suck. Yeah, no, right. Thanks. 
right? Are they because of him or is it the system? And then he's just become that player. And well, no, he fits it's perfectly because of him. Into it. it's yeah, just, it's, it, look, to, for them to keep him on the floor, they have to play the way they play. Right. Right. And that's fine. That's awesome. That, that they're going to be. I think this is good. This season's kind of going to be a, a bellwether to the the analytics, not even versus, but the analyst crowd, because I've always heard Rudy Gay was their best player. Gobert. And like I've, I've heard a lot of I mean, Rudy Gobert, I've heard a lot of people. <laughs> God damn, damn it, man. <laughs> a lot of people have said that they don't expect too much of a drop off from Utah because, you know, their best player is still there. And, you know, they're going to have other guys pick up the slack. This is this will this will tell us, I guess, because. I, I think they're going to struggle more than, you know, more than people are saying. It, it, it matters to have a guy like, you know, Gordon Hayward. And I think people are kind of underselling raw production. And that's been my that's been my beef all offseason that people are saying stuff that we've gotten to the point where, you know, 22 and six, 23 and six. In the case of DeMar DeRozan, 27 and like, you know, 27 and six and four mm-hmm. it that that's great production and somehow people just say oh yeah but that's just raw numbers you, you gotta look at the analytics of it and it's it's it that's not true man it's like guys who can score a lot are still very viable in the nba yeah absolutely and you know what i think to your point we're actually going to see i'm expecting a huge huge year from from gordon hayward i think he's going to shine in that system and I think you're right. I think that they do play this way because of Gobert. I don't think it's necessarily like, I mean, yeah, part of it's probably system. They very, they really value defense, which is great. I love that. But, mm-hmm. and they play a slow ball type of, you know, offensive scheme. So it's, it slows down and it plays to Rudy Gobert's strengths. Um, and I think that actually might've hurt Gordon Hayward just a little bit offensively, because if he's not in a system that doesn't like he, he's going to be open to hit so many more shots now in Boston with with the passes they make, with the the, the screens, the off-ball screens they do, the all kinds of movement they have, it's going to be like a field day for him. I think he's really going to shine there. And you're right, we, we'll see. Like that, that I think that Jazz are really going to miss him. I do. That's even good though, to hear. Even the I, last I, time you were on, I was shitting on him. <laughs> yes, and that's a we, – we, we value – again, we value what he does completely differently. Yeah, and it's, it's you know? fine. You know, it's – it's a matter. No, of, no, you're wrong, and it's fine. Well, yeah. That's that's fine too. I'm I'm I, I'm totally good with being wrong. I do it all day long. So, <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, they did add uh, FK Udo. What do you think about that one? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Tavo we haven't Sevalation. heard that name. Well, we haven't heard that name Ekbe Udo since what? Like he's 2014, been, 15, yeah. I think. Yeah, so he's and, been out of the league. Was he playing overseas somewhere for I a while? Think, I don't even know if he was playing overseas. I think he, I don't know if he just maybe took a year or two off, but yeah, he's been out of the league. I don't know if it was for injury reasons. I I just didn't have time to look up where he's been, but I noticed that it, like his, hey, his to, to to your listeners, we're doing this podcast like three days after we we're supposed to, so he had plenty of time. He's blowing you guys off. <laughs> well, don't forget, I also did like two other podcasts in the last four days, so. Right. Whatever. I'm making excuses. I'm a jerk. <laughs> they added Jonas Drevko. Up... They gave us they swapped with Boston for what were you yes. gonna say? No, I was I was just saying I'm looking up what where Ekbe's been. Yeah, yeah. he's playing overseas. Oh he was. Where was he playing? Uh Fenerbahce Istanbul. Oh there you go. How what were his numbers like? I uh, I just I just happened to look and see he's uh you know a YouTube video popped up of him in that uniform playing. I, I can't see his numbers or anything oh, yet. All right, that's fair. 
I'll, I'll check it out while we're talking, though. Yeah, um, you know, I could have done that myself. I could have done my you homework. You should have. I should have. Yeah. I know. I'm sorry. I'm uh, terrible. Yeah. Terrible. I, I just I wanted to prioritize the players that I'm really interested in. He's not really one of them. So there you go. I don't think he's going to bring a whole lot. He might be a. St- uh, OK, I'm sorry. Hold on. In, in 61 games of EuroLeague and Turkish Basketball Super League, he mm-hmm. averaged uh, he averaged 11 points, seven rebounds, 2.3 assists and almost two blocks in, in less than 30 minutes. It's That's not, not bad. He, it's not nothing. he led the team to their first ever EuroLeague title and was named Final Four MVP, where he averaged 14 points, 10, 14 points, 10.5 rebounds, six assists, and you cut real, out. Real, uh, he averaged uh, 14 points, 10.5 rebounds, six assists, and 3.5 blocks against Real Madrid and Olympiacos, Pierres, whatever. So, yeah, in two games, he, wow, he balled out. Three blocks? He averaged 3.5 blocks. Jesus. Yeah, he, yeah, he actually out. was. All right. He's okay. 30, though, so like I worry that he's going to fall off a cliff pretty quickly. But, hey, man, maybe if he, you know, he could give him something, that would be great. Uh, it looks like, the, you know, he seems like another defensive center. I, honestly, he hasn't played in the league so long. I have no, <laughs> I have no idea about him anymore. Um, but that would be great, you know, bring, bring him off the bench behind Gobert and have him guard the rim. Yeah. 6'10", 7'4", 7'4", wingspan. Okay. All right. Somebody, All right. I, I forget what podcast it was, but they were talking about how he's going to, he's going to be huge for them this season. I don't, it was probably oh, a, whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, they brought Tava Sofalosha in who hasn't been the same player since, uh, he got his leg broken by the NYPD. Thanks. Thanks guys. Thanks for that. Um, Ricky Rubio, we already talked about Jonas Jurepko, mm-hmm. who, I'm not a big fan of. For some reason, Jonas Drebko looks like a, a dude that you'll find in a trailer park all around America with a, a bottle of whiskey. And, <laughs> and See, and I was a, thinking more. Plate, if, I was thinking more. No, I was thinking in one of those those hip clubs. Uh, he just came over from Europe. He's wearing like the tight jeans and like the ripped up shirt <laughs> and and smoking hookah and just like doing club drugs. That's what he looks like to me. But we both got him doing drugs. So at least there's a common denominator there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's fair. That's a that's a way better thing than I thought of him. I don't know. He just looks like people I knew growing up that were just like, you know, trailer. I don't want to say it. Well, Not... I'll say this. He's a he's a fine player. He's, he's fine. tough. He uh, plays, you know, you'll try to play a little defense. He's not a good defender, but uh, he can hit, you know, he can hit open threes. He's, he's pretty, he's a nice, he'll be a nice little addition to them. Yeah. I, I don't think he'll hurt for sure. Um, and then of course they on it added Donovan Mitchell, uh, yeah. in the draft. So we should probably talk about Donovan Mitchell. Uh, okay. So real quick, let's talk about what was Denver doing, uh, in the draft and in this off season. Sure. Denver did great getting, uh, Paul Millsap. Mm-hmm. And but you trade the pick that becomes Donovan Mitchell, uh, and you need that kind of player, another power forward. You also take you know Trey Lyles and trade another power forward, and then you sign Paul Millsap, a power forward. What are they doing? Uh, that's a good question. Who knows? I I don't understand what they've done, honestly. Okay, so that was just sure. I know everybody praises the Millsap side as they should because Millsap's awesome, but that was just a weird. Uh, Weird thing they just did. Okay, well, let's go I, back. I was going to say, and if, if they took Donovan Mitchell, they already have a couple of guys who are in that small forward, or it's not small forward, sorry, shooting guard and point guard position that they're they're hoping will take another step forward this year. So, I mean, you you could always use more shooting. 
Yeah, I suppose. But at what point is like, why is it that whenever a team loads up on shooting guards and, and power or shooting guards and point guards, sorry, it's, it's, you know, my, I'm tired. Shooting guards and point guards. Um, nobody says anything. They can get the same guy like four years in a row, but when the Sixers do with centers, Oh God forbid. All right. I'm getting off on a tangent. Oh Lord. <laughs> Although it, Okafor was a terrible pick. All right. Donovan Mitchell. So here's my thing. This kid is going to be so damn good. He's uh, offensively, he can do everything on the court. He's got this silky smooth, high arcing shot. He can pull up, shoot off the catch. He's a great cutter. He's athletic as hell. Have you seen those dunks that he had in, in uh, Summer League? I'm telling you, like, his Summer League highlights, you can, put, you can inject him straight into my veins. I Seriously, love this kid. It's nuts. He's like long threes. His handles are really good. He knows how to use his body to protect the ball at the rim. Like, he just, he's strong. He's, he's big. Strong. He's, he's physical. Like, yeah, 6'3, right? Something like that. Yeah. He's a big guard. He's big and strong. He, and on defense, he really, he's really good at jumping passing lanes. I, I don't understand how this kid fell to 13. Really? I mean, uh, what this is my This is one of my things with scouting in the in college game and the way the NBA is. Once they kind of like slot guys, it's hard to get them unslotted. Because yeah. like I, I watch him play and I'm like, how how does he fall this far? How is he behind that far behind De'Aaron Fox and that far behind Ball? Because the guy was just awesome in college. You can see the highlights and, and see him. He's, he's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's like I feel like once once the powers that be kind of like the talking heads kind of tell you a guy is a certain, you know, in a certain tier, mm-hmm. that's where he is. And uh, and it's hard to, to break people out of that kind of thinking. I think so. Group think, man. I also think like nobody wants to be nobody really wants to go out on a limb and take a chance and look like a fool if something doesn't pan out because it happens all the time. Right. Well, on not all the time, but on occasion, somebody will reach for a player. Like Danny Ainge reaching for, anyway, uh, <laughs> people will reach for a player and then they don't pan out. And then like, everyone's like, well, we told you he wasn't, he wasn't ranked in the top 10. Why did you go for that guy? Or like, what was his name? Bruno Caboclo from a couple years ago. And they took him at 20 and, and then they made that, so I forget what the announcer's name was. I forget who it was, but he was like, he's two years away from being two years away. So like, you, you know, it's risky to take those picks, not only because, Maybe there's less information on the player. Maybe you don't really know. You don't have as much information about him. You can't. You, I mean, there's so many scouts now. It seems kind of silly to say that. But if you take a chance on a guy like that and it doesn't work out, that's so much ammunition for people to just look at you and say, like, you don't know what you're doing. It could potentially hurt your career going forward. You know what I mean? So I kind yeah. of I kind of get that. But at the same time, like, and I don't watch college basketball. I watch. Me neither. I watch the, you know, March Madness on occasion. I, I try and watch some games because it's a one-and-done tournament, and that's just fun in, in and of itself. But when I tried to watch it last year, the the basketball is just so god-awful. It's it's really hard to watch, man. So, I don't get the people. I don't get the love for it. Well, I think it's, you know, I think it's all rooted in, like, the alma mater. The, oh, this is our school. This is, it's tribalism again, no, you know? It's it's that, and also people, people still just, uh, you know, blindly follow the – the myth of the amateurism of sports, the purity of it. They're playing for love, yeah, you know, man, that kind is, of nonsense. Yeah, the NCAA is so corrupt. Anyway, we don't need to get into that again. Uh, or not again, but at all. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't like. I, I don't understand how people could scout this kid and not see how talented he is. I mean, 
for the Jazz, to their credit, getting him at 13, that's, I think, is going to be huge for this team. Man, I watched his highlights the other night, and I'm like, I would have taken him over Marco Fultz. Like, it's, that's, it's, I'm like, give me that guy. I want that guy. Marco Fultz is going to be nice. Um, but man, Donovan Mitchell, he just, he just looks so good up and down the court. What do you think? What do you, I mean, give me your thoughts on him. Um, I've been loud and proud saying that he might have been the best player in this draft. Like the kid, Dave Dufour, uh, one of my, our partner here at Almighty Baller Podcast Network, he, he posted a video of him, uh, you know, doing some shooting drills and mm-hmm. getting some shooting work in. And it was, it's, it's basketball porn, man. Uh, he, he gets the quick release, the high release. He gets up nice, you know, nice elevation on the jumper, and it's just, it's just potent. He just, I mean, just, the net was barely moving. Yeah. And he's just draining these jumpers from everywhere. He's, uh, again, I like the aggression. You know, him and Jason Tatum had a little back and forth, and and kind of got into each other in the summer league. And yeah, I think he got the best of the the matchup. Um, it's just, how could you not love the kid? And if you're talking guards to build around. I mean, you, you there's, I, I got it. I got him right there with the guys like you said, like you said with Fultz, and I mean, I I would have definitely took him over Ball, but I, I that's another conversation for another day. But um, oh, you can go, go ahead. <laughs> no, any, it's any, just, any no, it's Lonzo just you know, Ball slander. I'm totally into. Not that I again, don't like him. I'm just saying. I'm just. I just like. I like digs on Lakers. That's all. Again, I think it's just like he was slotted and talked about, and that the group think took over with yeah. Lonzo Ball. I yeah. think so. Whatever, he's he'll be fine, and I I wish him luck. But um, yeah, yeah, Donovan Mitchell to me. When we talk about offsetting Gordon Hayward and George Hill, it, maybe not this year because I know it's tough for rookies. Right. But yes, definitely he's he's gonna be a, he's gonna have a big hand in in uh, keeping the Jazz afloat. Which is great. I mean, we hope so. Anyways, like you know, barring injury, barring any silly setbacks you would hope that that kid would be able to step into that spot and be that, that second player with Rudy Gobert and, and be able to make, you know, the push uh, uh, at the uh, 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 you don't, don't Maybe. you step over, Rod- don't step over Rodney hood, brother. Yeah, we're getting to Rodney hood. Um, so, and Rodney hood. Okay. Um, but it seems like a really nice pick for them. It seems like, you know, even though they lost Gordon Hayward, even though they lost George Hill, even though they lost Boris Diaw and all these other guys, at least they got Donovan Mitchell, who is really just a really offensively gifted player. Uh, and and looks like he has a ton of defensive upside, which I love two-way players. Everyone in the league, you know, everyone should. Um, there's not enough of them in the league. Everybody either focuses on one side or the other. But it seems like that kid has a ton of potential. And, and at least if you're a Jazz fan, going circling back to this, if you got your heart broken because, because Gordon Hayward left you, at least you have some bright potential in Donovan Mitchell. And uh, I think there's a lot to look forward to there. Um, But speaking of Rodney Hood, go ahead. Give me your thoughts. Can he pick up the slack that Gordon Hayward left? I think last year Rodney Hood kind of stagnated. And, I I know, injuries were part of it. Uh, You know, just I think his confidence kind of waned. His numbers did dip a little bit, yeah. Just a little bit, and you know it, that's that's not what you want to see from uh. I think last year was his second or third year. Third, third year. Third year. So yeah, you don't want to see a third year player kind of plateau. But we know he he was dealing with a lot of injuries. Um, 
But the kid, I, I, I really believe in him. I was really upset when Boston passed on him and took James Young on, with the 16th pick that year, which was ridiculous. <laughs> what was he that really about good... Danny Ainge pulling, uh, pulling players? Yeah, yeah anyway. <laughs> I don't know what that was, dude. That was just that's when I was I was almost off the the Celtics bandwagon for a minute. I was pretty pissed. But yeah. um, yeah, Hood has good size. Uh, you know, large long wingspan. He's a natural scorer. Um, you know, he's a, he's a rhythm player, and I, I really think that. He can do a lot more than we've seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm hoping he can approach that 20 point per game kind of, that kind of uh, that level. Now we like we talked about earlier though, the Jazz plays kind of slow and deliberate, so it might be tough. Yeah, I mean that system just doesn't, it doesn't enable like players to go crazy on the offensive end. It's just too slow. Yes. Yeah, and then, you know they play they play within themselves, and that's right. good. But it's at good. The same time, yeah. But it's also so, detrimental, like because if you're playing a high stakes game, if you're playing a, a team that has, if you're playing the Warriors, how can you possibly hope to keep up? You can try and slow down the game, and that's not how, that doesn't work with Kevin Durant and right. Steph Curry. You know what I mean? So exactly. yeah, I'm with you, man. Yeah, I'm with you. It's just, and it's you know it is. But see again, there's no shame in being a very good team. No, so not at all. yeah, you know. So if if they can, if if Rodney Hood and and Donovan Mitchell and and they can dust off Alec Burke. And you know, get something from him. Finally, then I mean, there's a chance that you know they maybe they don't drop off as much as I think they they could. You know, losing Gordon Hayward. So, but I really I'm I'm a believer in in uh, Rodney Hood. Yeah, he seems like he can. I mean, he's he's still only 24. He did have some injuries last year, so his numbers dipped a little bit last year. He went from 14.5 to 12.6, but his his he only played 55 games last year. He only averaged 27 minutes a game. Um. But he's still a nice player. He's still got that athletic ability. He can hit the corner three really well. Uh, his, I think he had, I think his uh, shooting percentages were better than actually. Um, oh my God! Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I do this every single podcast. You know what my problem is? I have like a really good visual memory. Like if I see somebody's face, I will not forget them. But I am the worst at names. I cannot remember anyone's name. Oh, God. Give me some hints. Give okay, sons, Devin that? Booker. I think <laughs> Devin Booker was the name I was looking for. Um, I think his, uh, his three-point percentage and his, his uh, field goal percentage or his true shooting percentage were better than Devin Booker's. Um, That's not hard because Devin Booker wasn't very efficient last year, but yeah, it, it means something. Yeah. yeah, it does mean something because you know if he can get, I mean his his usage rate was also way lower than Devin Booker's. If he can get some sort of consistency, I think he's going to be really good, and I think he could give you a lot of what Gordon Hayward did. So there's hope there, and I, I don't know. I don't know if I don't, I'm really don't I don't have a feel of how Jazz fans really feel about him about how. If they have like hope that he's he's got that potential to replace him, but I guess you know you have to look for something. You have to hope. You got to, yeah. I mean, what are you gonna? That uh, I guess my main thing though is like, all right. So you got if he takes Gordon Hayward's place, who's gonna take Ronnie Hood's place? You right. know what I mean? Right. So, so so he would be sliding down a spot, I guess. You're right, and somebody has to. You know, I don't know. We'll see. I like. This is a, a make or break season for him too. Then, kind of, you know, what I mean, we'll see what he's made of. Right, right, right. Well, that actually does bring up a good question: Who do they put in that spot? Um. So if Joe, what if I guess Joe Johnson's not going to start, or would he? Because if Joe Johnson starts in place of Gordon Hayward, 
then you can still have Rodney Hood at the small forward position. He shouldn't start. Rodney Hood shouldn't start. I mean, not Rodney Hood. Um, Joe, uh, Joe, Joe Johnson, Johnson shouldn't start. Yeah, yeah he, little, he shouldn't. I was looking up his numbers, man. Like you would, you know how they talk about it? when you hit thirty, your numbers just start to drop off. His dropped off fast. Like he went from a twenty-five per point per game scorer right down to eighteen and and dropping precipitously since, which is crazy because he's still a really effective player. I guess maybe he's he had some injuries too, and he was on some really crap teams. Um, and oddly enough, he was really big for that team last year as well. I mean, how old is he? How old is he now? He's thirty six. Yeah, it's it's gonna happen, dude. Oh, a lot yeah, of times sure. undefeated. So yeah, you can deploy him and you know, just deploy him in little little bits and pieces, and, and that's cool. But yeah, you don't. He, he he's he doesn't need to start now. I think I think he's past that that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think as soon as you know, as soon as he hit Brooklyn, his his numbers dropped to sixteen, fifteen, fourteen, twelve, eleven, thirteen, and then, yeah. and then nine points per game last year so it, it is what it is man it happens while the time's undefeated yeah oh yeah yeah tell me about it <laughs> <laughs> i went for a run this week and i was like dying anyway um where were we i don't know that that's that actually brings up a really good question because i hadn't even thought about this who starts now so what about dante axum i mean does he is maybe you put maybe you bring ricky rubio in as your starter for the, your point guard and start Dante Axum as your shooting guard? Uh, I guess you kind of have to consider that. You know what I'm saying? You, so, you, it, it, you, yeah, you're going with like a – because Axum was drafted as a, what, a point guard, but he's yeah. not. He's, yeah. a, he's, he's basically not a two guard. So, so, I mean, if he can – he has to show he can shoot and space the floor a little bit, right? And then he looked really good. He looked good in summer league also. Yeah. He looked good for a hot second, and then he kind of trailed off again. Um, uh, I don't. Yeah, I, I remember he he had a couple really. Him and Mitchell had some really good games. Yeah, I think he was pretty good through throughout. He was very aggressive and he was getting to the hole at will. Uh, the shot came and went if I if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Jazz fans, you can Jazz fans, you can tell us if we're wrong or not. But I mean, the point is he's actually taking them, and that's what matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He needs to get his confidence up, and I think this is an uh, again another break make or break year for another one of their players. He has to show up this year, or this is not going to work for him. And I think, yeah. you know, the, the problem is, well, the first year he just, I think he was out with the entire, the, the entire year with an injury, right? He played like the first two games or something. So that was yes. a wash. Yeah. Which, you know, it's really unfortunate. You hate to see a player lose an entire year for injury. That sucks. Trust me. I know I'm a Sixers fan. <laughs> um, so it's just like back to back to back to back. Um, but anyway, this year he really has to show up. He did, he did a little bit last year. But I don't think he took the strides that people were hoping he would. I know, you know, I was really hyped on him when he came in. And I guess, you know, of course, again, barring injury, like he probably he may have been better than he is now. I don't I don't really know what's going on, but I think it's just I really think it comes down to his shot is just not consistent. What are your thoughts? Uh, the injury really put set him back. And you know, he missed a whole year. And then, uh, what was was his? It was it wasn't his Achilles, was it? I honestly don't know. <laughs> no, I'm gonna. It might cut, have been. Let me look this up real quick. I'll cut that part out. No, no, don't cut it out. Leave it. I'm gonna keep talking while you do it. All right. Uh, I, it was either his Achilles or like the MCL. What's you know, the knee was. It's not that big a deal. It wasn't his Achilles. It was his knee. It was something with his knee, which you know now with modern medicine, you come back from a lot stronger. You can come back from it just as. Here. So that first year back, you know, which was, was that just last year's first year back? Yeah, last year was, was last year's first, first year back, back from yeah. the knee. 
Yeah. Yeah. So a comeback year, and then hopefully by the you know the hope is that two years after it, you're back to being about the hundred percent. So that's what we should see right now. Yeah. You know, um, I, I I liked what I saw from him this summer. And I think he's going to be really good this year. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm a believer. All right, good. That's one. That's one person. <laughs> Got to start somewhere. I, I want to believe in him. I really do. I, I, you know, I was high on him when he came in. Again, like super athletic. Can cut to the rim. He's, he's a good off-ball cutter. Um, I think he has potential. I just hope he realizes that I root for every young guy that comes into the league, man. I want all of these guys to su- succeed, except for the boneheads. Like, the guys that you really know are just shitheads. Yeah, don't want them to succeed. But he's not rude. one of them. What's that? Rude. Rude. Yeah, well, you know, what are you going to do? I'm rude. Um, he's not one of those guys. I was really hoping for him to be good, but we'll see. You know, here's hoping. He's still young. He's got time. Um other questions. Do you think they make the playoffs this year? I want to say yes, but no. Mm-hmm. No, no, they don't. I want to say yes, but I got this. The, uh, opti- the optimist in me says that they don't lose much, and, and Hood averages 21 points a game, and Mitchell averages almost 15, and they make the playoffs as a fifth or sixth seed. But I got to be let's, – let's be realistic. I, I, I think they, they – I think they barely miss it. Um, my, my big thing is can favor stay healthy, and I, I just haven't seen it for the last couple of years. So, There's a guy we forgot to talk about, Derek Favors. But, yeah, um, I'm kind of with you on that. Derek Favors, dude, I was super hyped on him too. I think he was the third overall or the fifth overall pick in that draft. And now he went right before Boogie. And I, I thought those two guys were going to be equally like – I was like, which one's going to be more dominant, you know? Um, turns out it was Boogie. But Derek Favors, I've long been a fan. I think he's so underrated. But, again, the problem is he can't stay healthy. He keeps getting these nagging injuries, and it just really puts a damper on his production, puts a damper on him being in, in, in games and in the league maybe, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, when he played, he was really good last year. You know, there was a big reason that the Jazz defense didn't really drop off when, when uh, Rudy Gobert was off the court, and that's because when Derek Favors played, he was actually really good defensively too. Yeah, so he's a he's a bit smaller guy that really knows how to use his body. Like he he's knows stronger than Ox. Yeah, he's stronger than Ox. And you know the other thing is too, like you could be strong as hell and still not know where to be, not know how to put yourself in position to get rebounds and to block people out, box people out. He knows how to do all that stuff. He's damn good at it, and he's an offensively gifted player as well. He also seems he's always just seemed really humble and quiet to me, and I just I kind of respect that. You know, I'm a I'm a big fan. I just hope he can stay healthy because I think, honestly, if it comes down to them missing or making the playoffs, a lot of it's going to have to do with him. So Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's – you know what? This is, the, this is why I think they're going to miss the playoffs because their season, is, their season is so dependent on ifs. If Rodney Hood makes the leap. Right. If Donovan Mitchell, uh, you know, produces really well as a rookie. Which if is X- unlikely, right? really unlikely because i think he's really good but you, right. yes it, but it, it takes I think a year or so yeah it does um if exum yeah if exum you know makes the leap also if favors could stay healthy it, it's gonna take a lot it's it gonna is. take a lot it so. is i agree and you can't like as we were mentioning as good as rudy gobert is you can't depend on him to carry an offensive load like even if he plays 82 games this year 
and he's the best defensive player in the league. That's you still have to score the ball. I love defense, but you're you know you have to score the ball. Yeah, and he's no. I don't think he's really capable of doing it on his own. Not from what I've seen, anyways. <sighs> I just I, I just the the way we view the NBA has changed so much, man. And it's one of those things. And it's not this is not eye test versus analytics. It's like. Uh, people are saying that the guy DeMar DeRozan, DeMar averaged 27 a game, and people were saying he didn't deserve to be all NBA. That should have been Chris Paul's spot. I'm like, what are you guys talking about, man? <laughs> you know, it's like like the fact that me and you got into it about Gordon Hayward. I'm like, dude, how is he not a top 30 player or top? What, what do you say? Oh, you top 30, top, I, top 30, I totally agree with. I said it was I, top 20. Top 20. I don't think he. I think he's yeah, like I'm 21 like, in the league. 20. I'm uh, giving him 21. I think he's just outside. Well, but, see, now you're just be, now you're just being pedantic. Now you're just arguing, just Because if I'm saying whatever. twenty, and you're saying twenty-one, then it's it's no real argument. Well, listen, saying, if I had to say top twenty and he's not in the top twenty, what do you want me to do? Like, you're, now you just like you said, hey, you owe me twenty bucks, and you got, I got nineteen, and then I'm like, oh, that's not my twenty. Come on, dude, it's, it's nineteen bucks. Stop being a jerk. So you're gonna take nineteen dollars instead of twenty? Of course I would. If All you right. told me I, I, you owe me twenty bucks, you got I, I got nineteen on me. Like, that's fine. Just give it to me. I don't care. All right, you're a generous man. I'd be like, no, just give it to me when you get 20. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm kidding. I wouldn't do that. Um, it's fine. I get, I, you know, semantics, whatever. He's a really, he's a damn good player. But honestly, I think Gordon Hayward could, could easily climb up that list this year. All right. Well, and, and so, oh, on that topic, too, I think that his numbers might look a lot the same. I don't mm-hmm. think he's going to make a huge statistical jump because now he's playing with another high, high volume score. Yeah. And he'll get more touches and more. Uh, I think he's might he's going to be even more efficient. You know, he was pretty efficient last year. Mm-hmm. I just don't. Yeah, it's and it's fine. He's going to be. About Boston. I worry about Kyrie, man. I, I really do. Like, the more I've watched him since he came over and I'm listening to his interviews, I'm the opposite. I am all in, bro. Of course you are because you're a Boston fan. No, it's not even a Boston fan because Listen, you know what? I'm I, not I, a Kyrie I, fan, but if he got traded to the Sixers, I'd be saying the exact no, no, same thing. I still don't. I still think he's a you know second, you no know, somewhere middle second tier point guard. But his like just from hearing him talk. And the fact he didn't want to engage in that, you know, they try to get him on first take and yeah, they were asking these questions, trying to they're basically trying to set him up to say something inflammatory. And he wasn't biting. And I love that. And you know what? He's a good kid. He's still he's not in his prime yet. It's like what, what there's nothing. We saw him in a system that was very ISO heavy. And mm-hmm. now he's going to play for one of the best, better coaches in the NBA, I think, and Brad Stevens. I think Stevens is going to Stevens has shown he can put guys in positions to be very successful while hiding their flaws. Oh, absolutely. So he, he is a yeah. top five coach in the league. He's his, it's the motions. It's the, it's the movement that he gets out of that ball while it's on the court, man. He can, he can make a mountain out of a molehill. Really? He's, he's, he's a really gifted coach. And I think if you give him a guy like Kyrie, who has all that offensive talent and you can hide him on the defensive end now with Gordon Hayward there and with Jalen Brown and all those guys, I, you're right. The sky's the limit. So, like, look what he did with Evan Turner. He made Evan Turner look like a useful NBA player and scammed Portland into paying him big money. By the way, who did you know not see that coming besides Portland? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I definitely saw it coming. And that's, I, I, Turner, so that was partly part of it. So, yeah. But. Uh, yeah. Poor Portland. Um, <laughs> where were so, we? I want you to answer the same question. Do you think they make the playoffs? Well, I'm doing my ah, damn it. I'm going to give my hand. I'm going to show my hand because I'm doing this this East and West playoffs thing on Saturday with some friends. But 
Uh, no, you don't have to then. No, 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 you can stash it. You can stash it. I'll allow it. I answered my question. I don't think they make it. I think they get close. And then, you know. Let's put it this way. I'm undecided, and I think if they do, it's going to be as an eight seed. It's going to be really close. How's that? That's fine. I'll take it. All right. Good. Take that. Uh, so what do you think their wins total will be? Uh, crap. What well, they win last year? Like 50? I think it was right around 50, yeah. Damn it. I keep forgetting to look this stuff up. <laughs> you are. I am the worst. <laughs> are you sure? You you know you host a podcast, right? Yeah. I, th- I keep forgetting. I keep forgetting. Okay. Um, listen, don't, I'm not, I told you I'm not a stats guy. (laughs) Um, I think they win 45 and just miss the playoffs. Oof. All right. I could totally see it though. And you know what? Honestly, the potential is also there for them to lose a lot more than that. The West is so strong this year or potentially, um, OKC is going to take a huge step forward, I think. And I'm with you, man. The Rockets are going to be so, so good this year. I think. They were good last year, so yeah, they'll be better. Uh, I just, I still know it's not a perfect fit, you right. know, and well, it's going to take a, maybe a little adjustment for Chris Paul to maybe get with the pace, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But I, yeah, they're, he's good. They're they're going to be good. You know, the thing that works in the not to get on a Rockets tangent, but the thing that works in their favor is that James, uh, oh my God, what Harden is thank awesome. You, thank you, <laughs> James Harden and Chris Paul is, oh, James Harden and Chris Paul have been playing together all summer. So that's encouraging. Like at least they're getting they're you know getting the feel for each other's games. And you've already seen like earlier in the summer, like Chris Paul was yelling at James Harden on the court for like being out of position. So that could work one of two ways, but hopefully it'll work to their to their benefit. Um, so I'm a little bit encouraged by that. When the, when the trade first happened, I was like, oh, I don't know if this is gonna work, but we'll see. I, I think when you anytime you take two of the top 10 best players in the league and put them on the same team together, you have a pretty good shot at it working out well. I'm thinking that we might see a season for the ages offensively for James Harden because now they can take some of the playmaking out of his hands and I can just concentrate on getting buckets. Mm-hmm. We might see we might see 35 a game from Harden. I would argue, though, that part of the reason he was such an offensive juggernaut is because people were waiting for him to make that pay, that play and make that pass. It's because he had the ball in his hands so much. Well, here's the thing. We're going to still get that when Chris Paul sits. That's true. And you'll be able to just put him off ball. And you're going to have one of the top 10 best players on the court at every moment of the night. That's insane. I mean, so yeah. the only other team that can really say that is the Warriors. <laughs> and they've got like three of the top five. So it's just unfair, man. It's just unfair. It's very, very unfair. <laughs> The league is in, it's it's weird how the league is in such a great place and such a terrible place all at once. See, I'm not gonna call it terrible, dude. It's just a unique place because, like, I, I kept saying, and people up until the playoffs, up until the finals, people were saying I was wrong. But we have never had a situation where one team was so much better than everyone else. Yeah, the Bulls were great, but they still got pushed. You yeah. know what I mean, they got pushed by a different team. Uh, Cleveland, I mean, the Miami Heat were great when with Braun and, and Wade, but they still, you know, Indiana gave them trouble. They went six with Indiana or whatever, and then, of course, they lost to the Spurs. And, so that was nice. But the Warriors just head, shoulders, chest, and stomach like better than everybody else. Yeah, and I don't mean, you like, know? in a bad place for the league because, obviously, whenever you, have a, whenever you have a dynasty like this, it, it mm-hmm. makes people tune in the, that love the team, but it also makes haters tune in just as much because you just want to see that team fail. It's really ultimately great for the league. I mean, it's bad for the rest of the league as in the rest of the players and the rest of the teams. They don't have a yeah. shot. Yeah. 
I'll say this though, I do enjoy the fact that so many teams actually tried. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. There was a lot of teams trying to get so much better right now, and and I, even though it's going to be all for even more amazingly watching how it's, it's going to be all for naught unless unless somebody gets injured in Golden State. Knock on wood. I don't want to see it happen. No, you really don't. I you know so. I want I want them to be like the Dallas Cowboys of the '90s. I want to hate the shit out of them, but I want them to be that I, good. I already do. Yeah, <laughs> do yeah, you really? I already do. Yeah, oh, there. I can't stand that team. Oh, yeah, because okay. it, it's it, it's a, a combination. Like I can I can really appreciate how great Draymond is. I would love him on my team, but he's an asshole, yep. and yep. I, I just don't like his face. Um, <laughs> That's the, the best the, reason. <laughs> the way KD left OKC after being up three one, and I hey man, I hundred percent endorse his rights as a player to move. Yeah, it's still it's still to me a whack move. Well, he's it's, also it's whack of him. It's also he's also proven in the last couple of days that he's he's kind of whack. He's like he's got all these anonymous. It's amazing Twitter. to me, dude. He's you so won the Finals triggered. MVP. Yeah, you won. The, what are you doing? <laughs> talking about the team that that raised you for nine years, man. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. So, um, yeah, that and there, you know, Steph. I I appreciate him as the you know top as a top four player in the NBA and the best shooter we've ever seen. Yes. But something about his face too, he just aggravates the hell out of you know me. So it's Steph? like he's got that. He's got that quiet sort of nonchalant arrogance that just makes you crazy. He's just like, yeah, uh, I did, I did yeah, that. Yeah, like, I uh, hate the fact they play the, they play the humble narrative and he's out there yeah. dancing and yeah. you know kick, kicking up his heels. And it might, you know what he reminds me of? I call him the Eddie Haskell of the NBA because he, <laughs> I think he's all sure thing, Mister B. You know, Miss yeah. Beaver, you know, Miss Cleaver. Yeah, but I, I think he's kind of a smarmy little, smarmy little shit. And that's fine though. That's good. Yeah. The, yeah. And, stuff so i'm not complaining one bit listen he does um, have one of the most adorable children in the nba so that that's that's works in his favor yeah that's pretty cool yeah um and then clay i think is a little bit overrated by some people because i think he's he's a, again one of the top three, probably three or four shooters of all time mm-hmm. but when people say like oh he's a top 10 player and he could you know if he had his own team and average 30 no that's just not who clay is um but that as a whole there me and matt morris both say the same thing i i respect how great them in spurts and just like That's a, this is amazing and still something about them they're just they're just not compelling right yeah. they're just so good it's not even it's not really interesting they're oh, just yeah. that good absolutely you know last year they they were probably the team i watched the least because i knew what they were going to do every night 100 and people yelled at me and they yelled at matt moore saying you don't want to preach i said no i can appreciate good basketball i get it totally. they're freaking awesome yeah they're just not that fun to watch yeah, because exactly. after after a quarter or two, when they're up twenty five, you're like, all right, well, what's on? What's you know? Let me find something else to watch. Yeah, let me find an actually compelling game that's competitive. Yeah, I only, I only turned it when I saw that they were close in the fourth quarter, and yeah. they, they you know they end up either you know blowing it open or whatever. So it, it wasn't yeah, just they're just not that fun to watch. And again, if you're a fan of just pure basketball, pure like you want to watch the ins and out and the X's and O's, and you want to watch the schemes and how they do all these things, and like if you're looking for a clinic to be put on night in and night out. That's your team. You want to watch that team. They will teach you everything about how an offense should run. But for the rest of us, if you're looking to be entertained by some NBA, it's probably not a good tune-in, you know? It's just not. That's it's it. Just, yeah. See, we're, we're on the same page again. All right. <laughs> Let's see. One I more hate, question. I hate agreeing with you. I hate agreeing with you because <laughs> I feel like something's wrong. It's, it's okay. Because you're wrong about everything you're right, so it sucks. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I'm, I'm wrong all the time. Um, if you were a fan of the jazz, if you were, if this was your favorite team, what would you be looking for? What would the one thing you want to see out of them this year? What would that be? Um, I can only say one. 
Yeah. Well, all right. Give me two. What's the two most the two most interesting things about this one? Team this Donovan year? Mitchell. Yeah. Donovan is he just has my full attention when and the Jazz might be one of my like my league pass teams because mm-hmm. they they have so much up up like so much change and they, but they still have so much just unanswered questions. So right. yeah, Donovan Mitchell and Rodney Hood. All right. I'm really I'm excited about Rodney Hood this season, man. He might he's not gonna be an All Star. He might not even like, but sink or swim. I want to see what he does this year. Yeah, that's cool. I would like to see him take a, a step forward too. Um, I think he has the potential, and he's young. He, they can, definitely. He can definitely do it. I would actually for me, I'm I would tune in for for Donovan Mitchell. Absolutely. I uh, I they probably are on the short list of my. Of my teams to watch on League Pass this year. I'll say it's, this. I know they're not going to be the most fun team, but they just have so many interesting things that yeah, we need to be answered. For sure. Oh, that's, that's I'm, I'm, on, I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum. I hate Rubio. I hate watching him play. Really? I just don't. I, I Again, this is one of those things where people yell at me because they're like, you're just on basketball. I, I appreciate the things that he does bring to a team. Mm-hmm. I I just don't appreciate that. This whole pure point guard thing is just not a thing for me. I don't give a damn. You gotta go. If my go get some buckets, point guard. Get some buckets <laughs> and average. I'd rather my point guard average twenty two and five than him average uh, thirteen and and twelve. You know what I mean? I don't give yeah. a damn. I don't give a damn about the whole pure point guard thing. So I mean, again, it depends on what you what you value. I really enjoy. I really enjoy his game just because I feel like he's gonna swipe the ball from somebody at any minute. You know, and his passes are beautiful. And and his beard is immaculate. So oh god. <laughs> uh, no, I really, I I really wish he could shoot. And I've been thinking this for years. Like if that kid could shoot, he would be, he would just be one of the top five players in the league. He's, Joe, guess what? He can't shoot. I know. Joe, no, I was gonna say, guess what, Joe? <laughs> what? Hey, if 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 was a spliff, we'd all be Bob Marley. <laughs> we can play the if game all day. That's true. You're absolutely correct. I don't know. They've been talking about him working on a shot this off season. They, every every I, single I can, season, I can, find, there's, I can find you an article from every summer <laughs> every about summer, is this yeah. the year? Is this the year Rubio gets his jumper debt? You know, so whatever. Rubio stretched it out to the three point line, and he added 15 pounds of muscle. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I, I, I uh, whatever. I get George Hill didn't want to be there, so there's nothing you can do about it. But I, well, I was going to say to your point, they would be a league pass team for me, but. And I would really be interested in watching Donovan Mitchell play and, and progress in that system or progress as an offensive player because he's got so much freaking talent. Just grow as a person, not as a person, but as a player, I would love to watch. But again, I don't think that system really supports that kind of growth. You know what I mean? It doesn't, so, yeah. So it's still going to be, a, as you mentioned, it's going to be a slow it down, grind it out kind of game. And I don't know how much of that I can watch either. I'll probably tune in for a few. A Quinn Snyder as a coach. You love him? I'm asking, how do you feel? Oh, honestly, I haven't watched enough of their games. I think he's, I think he's a defensive-minded coach, obviously, and I, I really appreciate that. And I think he's um, kind of a maniac, which is fun to watch. But you know, I can't. As far as the offensive end, I mean, they've shown me absolutely nothing. So I don't know how far he's ever going to be able to take them in the playoffs or to a championship. You know what I mean? You know what? I don't think they're as bad offensively as you think. I know the pace was down. Mm-hmm. I think offensive rating they weren't actually bad at all okay so um maybe like, i'm just talking about the style of play because i think you're right i, I think I, i'm 100 with you i'm 100 with you on the style because you want them to pick up the pace and they just they walk it up and they're just whatever so 
Uh, I don't know. I think this is also a hey, for him. It's make a break season because can can he now adjust his coaching style to fit his personnel? Right. You know, so valid point. I mean, can he get more offensive out of uh, offensive out of uh, offense out of Gobert? If that's even a thing, if that's even possible. And, and is now see here's the question: it does, is, it, or is it? Let's, let's think about it. Yeah. Well, let's th- like, what exactly can you do? Yeah, you I know. know. What I'm saying? Yeah. What, well, what, what to, exactly can you do? He would have to change as a player. He would have to be able to stretch the floor a bit to the, like 15 feet in order to get. And that's not right. that's not fair to expect that out of Rudy, Rudy Gobert after no. how many how many seasons is he now? Four, I think. He's you know, still, four or five he's still really there. young. Uh, so they they were 12th in, in offensive rating last year. Really? They were just 30th in pace. They're just really slow. Yeah, they were really slow. That I knew. I didn't realize they were 12th enough. Well, that's good for them. Yeah, so... Uh, Maybe know, if we'll they could see. just pick up the pace. What do you think about that? With, with Gobert on the floor, you can't. Because yeah. you'll, you'll just you'll just wear him out. You know what I mean? You can't have him zoom up and down. The, you just can't do it. That's true. So. He, he is... This is his... This will be his fifth year. He's only twenty five. Yeah, he's he's good, man. He's I get it. It's just yeah. No, you're right. You're uh, absolutely right. I mean, if you change, if you swapped him out for, oh, I'm trying to think of a smaller center who's more more nimble. Uh, if you swapped him out for like DeAndre Julio Okafor, <laughs> DeAndre Jordan, DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, dude. Now you're talking. See, they would zoom and like he's a rim protector, even though I think he's an overrated defender. But you know that would pick up the pace a little bit. But yeah, I mean, I I don't know, man. I I get I get go bear the go bear love to me is a lot like the Jokic love where I get it, but I just maybe I don't know. Jokic is so much fun to watch though, man. Those passes are incredible. No, Twitter made me almost hate him. Really? That bad? Just dude, have you not seen my mentions? Yeah. Have you not seen what they do? <laughs> no, nah, I take everybody. I'm just joking. I don't hate the kid. He's he is. He makes great passes, and I get it. He's fun. I just 16. Dude, they ranked him the 16th player in the NBA. Yeah, that's that's pretty high. <laughs> they ranked him ahead of Dame. Had, they ranked him ahead oh, of. Yeah. They ranked him like, a, like almost, Paul Millsap was like 29th on that list, and they got him, and then they got Jokic 16th. Come on, dude. Well, come on. Yeah. I, yeah, it's it's tough, man. Like those rankings, I think you know they're just they're just an exercise exercise in silliness, and they're just meant to get us all riled up and have this discussion, which is perfect and it's fun. It it gives you something to do in the in the doldrums of the off season. But ESPN some of those ranked rank- him freaking sixteenth, man. Come the hell on. Oh, dude. so that was the ESPN rank. See, I don't go by the. AS- I feel like ESPN just does this stuff for shock value, man. Like I would go by the Sports Illustrated one. I don't know where they ranked him either. I, I don't know. But, uh, see. Yo kick rank SI. I'm going to look it up while you talk. Go listen, ahead. I'm listening. Yeah, I don't know. I Listen, he's, he's, his, his passing for a big man is unparalleled. It's amazing. But who cares? Who oh, cares? Saying, I know. I it doesn't necessarily. I don't understand. No, I don't understand. Like, I, all right. So, look, I get it. The offensive rating is through the roof with him on the floor. They were, mm-hmm. I get it. I, I completely get it. I don't. What when's the last time you see you see you see a, a team that says we're a championship contender? Our big man really doesn't defend, but he can pass the Dickens out of the ball. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. I don't think it's ever happened, but this, it's it's a fun experiment to watch, right? It's just, I guess. It's I just, think uh, for me, it's like anytime you can add some sort of fun to anything, I'm totally on board. Just add some fun to it, like you know, put a little sriracha on it. We're good. <laughs> I don't know, passing big man. It just it's fun to me. What can I tell you? Whatever, dude. Uh, <laughs> don't be upset. Don't be disgruntled. 
I hate it. No, I got yelled at by Matt Moore about that too. Really? Same kind of thing? Yeah. Well, yeah, because I was just like, I said, I do with Chris Paul. I, that's why I'm not that hiring Chris Paul. I'm like, great. He's, you know, great. He has a great passing stuff, but who, who, who really cares? And I got yelled at about that. So. <laughs> so you're all about the wins. You're all about the bottom line. I, no, I'm about, I want my guy to produce. I mean, give me a guy who can give me 25 over a guy who's going to average, you know, oh, he's 12 assists. Look, Chris Paul and, and Gordon Hayward both are missing key guys in their teams, right? Rudy Gobert missed most of the series. Blake got hurt and missed the series, right? Chris Paul was doing his thing and, Give me the six eight wing who can who can give you twenty six twenty seven over the six you know the point guard and his great passing. Who cares, man? All right, so you're all about the buckets, is what you're saying. I'm about the buckets. Give me all a producer. Right. All right, all right, that's fair. Anyway, James, I should probably let you go so I can go to bed. This is really about me, not about you. I was about to say because <laughs> hey, guys, it's late and he's whining. Yeah, I've been whining since we started this thing. James Hollis, thank you again for coming on. I want to clear up um, before I, before you let, before you let me go. go I just want to say, you future superstar guys, don't yell at me. I love him. Okay, don't yell at me. You have to say it again because you cut out again. You really got to get your mic fixed. How much that cut out a lot today? Oh yeah, every well, what? not not as much as last time, but it cut out a a, a couple of times. Yeah, I'm blaming you, not me. Yeah, um, I, I just want to say that Jokic is an a demigod and one day will be a top five player and he would be better than wilt chamberlain <laughs> ah. yeah that's that's some deep stuff right there <laughs> so make sure if you ever do a clip for this like the advertisers pod take that clip so take people will clip. stop yelling at me yeah. all right cool i'm gonna put it out there that's gonna be the that's gonna be the title for the uh <laughs> for the podcast this week thank god yeah anyway james drop, uh, plug your stuff real quick and we'll get out of here I'm over at Twitter at Snotty Drippin, and you can find me at bballbreakdown.com and realballinsiders.com and the Bod Pod with Chris Axman and Dave Dufour and and Dan Morang over at Almighty Baller Podcast Network. Awesome. Thank you again, my friend, for coming on. One of, the, one of these yeah. days you guys will have to have me on that podcast. Um, you know what? You, you say the word. We'll make it happen. All right. Word. Do it. It's happening. All right. But give, give me some prep time because I have to write down everyone's Fuck name. Fuck you. See, that's your problem. <laughs> All this prep time shit. Get on. We that's we do it with no prep. That's where it comes in. So that's, you got to come in unprepped. That's because you guys are all smarter than I am. It's not fair. Oh, you have it. That's what makes it fun because we're stupid. <laughs> I totally disagree. Anyway, James, listen, I'm going to let you go. You have a wonderful night, my friend. We'll do this again. Probably, in, you know, in a, based on this schedule in two weeks. <laughs> I'm about to say, hey, let's yeah, let's do it. Maybe or if you want to wait till after the season starts, so we can do like the first week reactions, and I can fucking yell about shit. That would be awesome. That I would be really into. Actually, we were going to break down OKC too, weren't we? Yeah, whenever, whenever you get a chance. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm down. Yeah, all right, cool, man. I'm gonna let you go. I'm hanging up right now. I'm going to bed. I'll talk to you later. Hey, bro, Nikolai Jokic, 25th in SI poll. Oh, really? 25th? See, that's more. That's that's a little bit better, right? Ahead of Kevin Love, ahead of which is ahead of Paul Millsap, ahead of DeAndre Jordan, which he should be. Kemba. All right, that's not bad. Yeah, 25th that's is not, not 16th. It's better. Yeah, I could dig that. Yeah. All right, brother. All right, dude. Have a good night. Peace. Later. So, James Hollis, everyone. Thanks again, James, for coming on. It's always a pleasure and a trip. Um, I'll talk to you guys again on Saturday. Hi. Bye-bye.